0: This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. As well as being the lead singer of one of the most successful stadium rock bands of all time, Bono's humanitarian views and work are highly visible and well-known. From his appearances at the World Cup to TV appearances, he is one of the most visible and vocal celebrities for social justice, and in particular for African causes. Religion Around Bono is the book by author Chad Seals critically examines the religious and spiritual culture that has built up around the rock star over the course of his career and considers how Bono engages with that religion in his music and activism. Tracing Bono's career from this background in religious groups in the 70s to his rise to stardom in the 80s, religion around Bono examines the religious and spiritual forces that left their mark on him. Chad Seals is associate professor of religious studies at the University of Texas at Austin. Is the author of the secular spectacle, performing religion in a southern town. Happy to have Chad Seals join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Chad, welcome to this program.
1: Thanks, Steve, for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: So, why this book on religion around Bono? For you, first off, that's a good
1: question. I grew up like uh, many others my age in this kind of the eighties uh, and nineties, in which YouTube two was a kind of the top of your playlist. Um, well, back then, I guess with CDs. But um, when I was in graduate school and studying American religious history, I was just struck early on about how Bono sort of his open secret about his evangelicalism um, fit within a strand of American revivalism of evangelical ministers and preachers. But unlike Billy Graham, um, Bono was not um, asking you to convert at his concerts to Jesus or save your soul, and rather he was asking you to convert to his Causes of giving towards Africa. And so I was taking courses on globalization theory at the time and then was just struck how those two things came together this kind of evangelicalism in secular form and pop culture, and then this connection of Africa to global markets and Bono being at the middle of all of that.
0: Chad Seals is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. His book is Religion Around Bono, the son of a Roman Catholic father, Bono was, and an Anglican mother. Neither of them took religious uh, and religion seriously. He came of age in Ireland during the violence of the 70s, Chad. How did those circumstances help shape who Bono was to become?
1: Yes, those were all really important and informative in his early years. He refers oftentimes to those two things. One that you mentioned, his mother and father coming from both sides of this religious divide in Ireland of Catholics versus Protestants, and seeing in his parents the love for each other is transcendent of this religious conflict. So at the very beginning of his life, he was seeing organized religion or religion in general as something that gets in the way of a relationship with God. So he began his life with this assumption that love can transcend this organized religion that keeps people apart. Um, So that was an important part of it too. And then uh, as he got older, he went on and attended an evangelical non-denominational school and was part of a evangelical group called Shalom, which a very sort of small pocket was not a large demographic swap swath of the religious population like it is in the. US. Um, so that early on he was really resistant to organized religion in that way.
0: Chad, you too, um, they were in an evangelical Christian group during high school. in uh, their earliest days they played the two separate groups in their audiences through a coded set of lyrics. Now how did that work?
1: Exactly, it's the Bono refers to it as drawing fish in the sand, which in itself is a biblical reference. But um, Bono comes from, you could say, a history of evangelicals who are in music, and some of them have, if you think of it evolving from folks like Larry Norman, who used the music as, in a confessional way to get you to convert, to Johnny Cash, who is himself an evangelical, self-identified but would not push it on anybody. To so then Bono taking it a step farther, and for him, Jesus is the way, but he's not going to say that in concerts. Um, rather, he's going to use biblical references and lyrics, and he's going to say things like, in the middle of the concert, "Have you ever been to church? This is church." And for most fans, that might just go by them. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't even. They don't even think twice about it. But for a lot of fans who are um, invested. And finding these hidden meanings of Christianity within the lyrics, they're there to be found if you want to look for them.
0: Chad, if any singular moment made you too, it was the uh, live aid at Wembley Stadium performance back in uh, 1985. And though he pondered it for a week afterward if he did the right thing, Bono had concluded that. but may, what made you two the talk of that concert? Yeah, Bono
1: did something that at the time, everyone everyone else in the band thought was really stupid which is he took off in the middle of one of their songs, and so they didn't get to finish their set. And he leaped, he took this leap from the stage, literally jumping off the stage to get into the crowd. And this is part of what, I mean, all rock stars have charisma and want to connect with the audience. But Bono, this is also sort of a connection to his evangelicalism, of being not just uh, just there as a performer on stage, but really wanting to connect to the audience. And early on in those years, he took that as a physical connection, And he went and danced with a woman. He took a woman out of the crowd, the audience, danced with her. And then the song went on forever. Then he ends up back on stage and they didn't get to finish. And so everyone remembered U2 and the performance of Live Aid from this moment in which Bono just suddenly jumped off the stage. And for the few week or so after, everyone in the band thought it was just ridiculous. And they were all really angry with him. And then it turned out to be what many commentators said, this great marketing moment um, for putting you two on the global um, pop culture map.
0: Chad Seals is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. His book is Religion Around Bono. Bono describes his style of writing songs as beginning with sounds or utterances before forming concepts into words. Is there a connection between that approach and his experimentation with speaking in tongues during his teens?
1: Yeah, it's kind of vague, but there is something there, if you want to think of it in those terms. And when Bono speaks of his spirituality, it's in these kind of vague terms. Um, so unlike Billy Graham or Larry Norman or someone who, even Johnny Cash, who would speak in sort of doctrinal specificity of you must do this to be saved, Bono references his sort of immersion in evangelicalism, and he talks about it in a way that could blur in between, like, writing poetry to also being in conversation spiritually with the divine. So absolutely, the way he imagines himself writing songs resonates with how this language of glossolalia and Pentecostalism, of speaking in tongues, another language, utterances that are from somewhere else, from the divine, from another world that's more beyond where we are at the present. Um, So he doesn't make the connection explicit, but there is something there, I think, with his sort of creative style that fits this this, uh, uh, finding a different language to speak to and about God.
0: Bullet the Blue Sky was, uh, you assert, one of Bono's earliest sermons to America. In what ways was it sermonic?
1: It was sermonic in the sense that it has this arc um, through the song of, if you think of a sermon as pointing out sins, um, one of the things Bullet the Blue Sky does is point to the sins of American empire, of military intervention, and Central America in particular in the 1980s. It's sort of a song cast against the Reagan era, Politics, which just as a quick note, there's a lot of the sort of um, sermons against empire and American globalization are also, if you look at the actual practices Bono promotes in economic terms, support that empire, which is another conversation. But, um, and that's, it's, it's sermonic in the sense, it points out sins, and then it gives a resolution that, if you put it in context of the concerts, um, it's this part of the sermon that points to the sin, and then it leads to the reconciliation of that sin through Dr. Martin Luther King. So usually in U2 shows, Rattle and Hum will go quickly into In the Name of Love, and The Streets Have No Name, which many refer to as sort of part of the secular hymn book of pop culture now, which is um, this land or vision of something transcendent, which probably is heaven.
0: You liken Bono's performance techniques to those of a 19th century revivalist preacher. What liturgical tools does he employ to engage the audience?
1: Yeah, Bono is comparable, if you put him in the history of American evangelicalism, and thinking not just in terms of the U.S., but evangelicalism is connected um, historically to um, Western European British revival traditions. And so the biggest shift in the history of evangelicalism in terms of revivals, of getting a preacher to convert others to through saving their souls is you think of Jonathan Edwards and the early American scene of the first great awakening, right on the edge of, of the American nation state. And Edwards thought a, a revival was a miracle. It was something that God did and you couldn't predict it. You wouldn't know when it was going to happen. And then if you go uh, a couple decades closer to the present and you look around the 1830s and there's this guy, Charles Finney in upstate New York, he says, no, no, no. Revivals are not a miracle. They're in fact, humans can have agency in creating them. And so Finney compare, compares the revivalist to a farmer. And a farmer looks at the field and doesn't just watch to make sure things grow. In fact, the farmer has techniques that the, will use to grow the, to sow the seeds. And God may bring the sun and the rain, but the farmer has these techniques. And that's what Finney thought revivalists should do, is have modern revival techniques. And he famously developed this one called the Anxious Bench, in which she would bring people out of the crowd, the audience, and say, if you're contemplating your salvation, sit on this bench, and then you can, uh, uh, mm-hmm. we'll pray for you. So it was a kind of form of peer pressure. And those are the tactics that Bono uses at the present, which is at concerts, he calls out people in the audience Bill Clinton, Beastie Boys are in the house, they're up in a luxury box. And he does this at a moment when he's presenting his vision of doing good works in Africa.
0: The book is Religion Around Bono, the author Chad Seals. Chad, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. And this is Speaking of Writers, and that is Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.